Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And Forrest. Howdy. How's it going? It goes. Forrest, you peaked mightily on that. My bad. I'm just so excited. All right, all right. I guess. Hold, Hold it back a little. Sorry. Get it together. Sorry. Seth, how are you? I'm sure you're deaf by now. Um... Oh, no. Say that again? Oh, no. <laughs> I can't oh, no. hear you. Is that, no, please, I'm sorry. Are you sorry. still here? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, thank you for listening uh, again this week. Um, I, the world is crazy right now, and um, it does provide a little bit of solace and normalcy that we record this every week, and hopefully it provides you a sense of solace and normalcy to see it um, in your podcast player and maybe even listen to it. Uh, if you choose to or not choose to. We appreciate it, regardless of what you do. Um, Any support helps. Let's talk about how we, in some ways, have been coping. And mine has been Animal Crossing. Uh, I haven't played um, anything new besides Animal Crossing. And there's a... Seth doesn't like the reason, but... Over the past weekend was WrestleMania. Mm. And so that was about 10 to 11 hours of wrestling this weekend that I watched. I did have not have much time for video games. <laughs> I was watching that and also um, catching up on a show I'm going to talk about later because I told the guys that I was going to talk about maybe something I've been doing to pass time. And mm. so hopefully you guys have a little something to but I have been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, though. And it's so good, and I, f- I, I feel dirty about what I did. And I want to <laughs> confess, I did not commit time crimes. I don't, those are not okay. Time crimes are not good. <laughs> um, if, in case you don't know, time crimes are for are people that, like... Have no respect. They <laughs> change the time clock on their system to move forward and backwards in time to get to events they want to do and stuff. And instead I played the stock market and I played it dirty. Ooh. So the stock market, uh, in case you don't know, every Sunday there's a character that comes to your town and you can buy turnips and you can't plant turnips or do anything with them. You can only sell them to the Nook brothers for whatever price they tell you that day they're worth. And it changes in the morning and at night. Hence the <laughs> stock market. It's, <laughs> it's like, well, this is how much we want to pay you today. Yeah. And Love so it. I have not had a high stock price. I paid 106 bells per turnip. I did put 150,000 bells into the turnip market. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And so I was like, I need to get a good return. I I basically turned into the guy from one of the movies I've watched during my quarantine times is I watched, uh, the big short. No, no, no. What's the, uh, Oh my gosh. Adam Sandler movie. Um, click. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, no. Um, Um, I, I can't remember what it is. Um, Something with gems. Yeah, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Oh, oh so yeah. I was watching Uncut Gems, and I was just like, I'm. this is my big payoff. Like, I got <laughs> this. This is my rock. My my rock sent over. 
uh, I'm going to get money out of this. I'm going to squeeze that money out of this turnip. And, and then Tom Nook <laughs> shot you. <laughs> no, I... So there's a website out there called turnip.exchange where people oh wait in God. line to get this onto is... people's islands with high turnip prices. Oh my this gosh. is horrific, what you're describing. Okay. I <laughs> did so tr- against the spirit on. of Animal Crossing. It is. I tried to do this, and I failed. I, I stopped. Uh, I could not... I, I Seth, I'm kidding you not. There are, like, when there's a good price on an island... Like up to like six hundred people in line to get into an island, it's insane. But what I did do is go on Twitter and see and just search turnip prices and see if there was any good Samaritans on Twitter. And there was. He is asking for nothing. He's like, hey, because yeah, I don't even know why you would use a website like that. Like, there's constantly people popping up on my Twitter feeds. Like, hey, this is my price. Here's my Dodo code. Come get them. Um. Yeah, I get that. I I mean, I agree with you. I just, I had heard of this website, and so I figured it might be useful. I had actually never seen people posting about the turnip prices until today. Like, um, one of the gaming journalist-type guys I follow posted about having a good one. And um, one of the reasons people use this site is because if people just bail out and leave the wrong way, it crashes your game which I experienced a couple weeks ago. I think I told the story. Um, So if you don't like leave through the airport officially, it jacks your game up, which is unfortunate. So I think they're trying to keep that from happening, whatever. So I ended up selling them for 433 bells a turnip. I quadrupled my money, baby. And I accidentally built a 100K bridge to nowhere. (laughs) So now I have to build, like, I have this weird little divot. I wish I could show you. Seth, you'd, you'd laugh at me because I just didn't look at where it was going. If I, had <laughs> built it, if I had built it like 10 tiles down, it would have reached across. So mm. now I have to build a second bridge. Oh, my gosh. To go from this little divot. Yeah. it's Just terraform the land around it. Bend the game to your will like you've already done. So here's the thing. You don't get that terraforming tool until you run credits in the game. And you can't run credits until, like, you fill out your villagers and you get KK Slider to visit. So that's... I'm at the point where I'm getting more villagers. In fact, right before we started recording, I... At at my campsite right now... Right now? Hans. Hans the German Abominable Snowman (laughs) is there. I'm so excited. Uh, I have not been this excited for a villager until I, except when I met, uh, I think his name is Hammy, which he's a hamster and he has the jock personality. Nice. So he's this little fat hamster that just loves working out and he's not getting jacked. He's just fat. He's, (laughs) but he's adorable. I love him. He's, he's packing on mass, which he will then turn into muscle. Yeah. He's taking the, the max strategy. Ooh, that means it's going to pay off good. Mm. So, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I'm loving it. I'm not going to do that turnip.exchange thing again. Uh, and I will. I, I've already decided I'm going to be a good Samaritan and open up my island when it comes to it uh, to people. Now, one of the things he did do that I notice, and it's because people can't remove fences on your island, 
he made a pathway straight to a shop, which means he had to have gotten hmm. like someone like probably was trying to jack up his island. Yeah. And so he just was like, yep, you go to the shop and you leave. Goodbye. Like, that's no, fair. No, nothing else. So it's, uh, it's been pretty fun. Also, uh, I had a moment last night, late last night, where I bought a new game. The Sega Genesis Collection on the Nintendo Switch. Over 50 games on sale for $9 in the eShop. Originally that's, 30 that's bucks. That's some good, good value for your, for your money. Very and good almost value. all of these games are on that little Sega thing that you can buy for 70 bucks. So you might as well just buy this. It's on your Switch already. And it has Shining Force. And Shining Force is an RPG that I played as a child. And I have been racking my brain for years upon years upon years. What is that RPG I loved as a kid? And I was scrolling through the screenshots on the Switch thing, and I'm like, hey, that looks real familiar. And so I like started looking at more screenshots of it, and I'm like, oh, man, this is that long-lost RPG from the back of my brain that I had forgotten for years upon years. And so I'm very excited to give another stab at Shining Force. Um, and I, I'm always, I always loved Columns, and so I'm going to play Columns. Columns is very fun. It's, I think it's kind of like Puyo Puyo, if I'm not mistaken, but it's good. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's a drop game, kind of like Tetris, but gotcha. not like Tetris. So I know that Columns is in there, and Sonic Spinball. So mm. I'm excited to play Sonic classic. Spinball. That is a straight-up classic. It Even is. Even though I'm pretty sure I've only seen the second board like once in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that second board might be the final one. I know it's a notoriously short game. No, I think I've, there's There four might be boards. three or four boards, yeah. Yeah. But I, I remember a... I watched a uh, a speedrun of it at one GDQ and I was Ooh. when he got to the second board I was like this is this is <laughs> blowing my mind. <laughs> Uh, you know, I maybe... didn't even know the rest of this game existed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I Just kind play of that that one thing and over and over and keep dying. There's, I I mean, I'm I I know I've had that feeling before with video game, like watching other people play games. I just wish I could remember a specific one. Yeah. That is definitely one of them. But like, where you're watching someone play and it's like, hold on, this is, oh, <laughs> yeah. what is this? Wait a minute. I could have done this. Why did <laughs> I ever do this in this game? Exactly. And um, which really quick shout out to our friend, Michael Todd. He has turned his entire island to this like Japanese Chinese themed island. And it's very impressive. And I, <laughs> I don't know how it was possible. He, uh, he's played it so much. <laughs> and um, Seth, whenever you, I don't know if you started or not, you haven't told me, but whenever you've got to visit his island, cause it's like, oh man, this is a testament of what you can do to this game. If you hmm. want to put the time in and yeah, there really are lots, like, it seems like every day there are little blurbs popping up on different gaming news articles about these amazing creations people have made in, in animal crossing using not only the, like just stuff that's already built into the game, but the ability to um, create custom designs and just put them everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's 
mind-boggling. The the thing that kills me though is the people that are doing the custom designs and everything, they're ruining their ability to dig. Like you can't hmm? you can't like dig for fossils if you lay a cost, a custom oh. design on the ground. Yeah. Look, sometimes so, aesthetics are more important than <laughs> than, than actual functionality of the game. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll take it. So, yeah, that's what I've been playing. I know I was a little long-winded on it maybe, but um yeah, I'm really excited to play some Sega stuff. I actually put a pause on, we'll talk about it a little later, but I put a pause on Persona 5 because a couple of things happened that got me really excited for the Final Fantasy VII remake. And things that you never saw coming. Oh, that's true. Because <laughs> that's uh, the, the yeah, Persona I know, 5 music. I know, I know, I got it. Uh, so, Seth, what have you played Mm, well, I am right right near the end of Neo 2. Um, Perfect time I re- to start Final Fantasy this weekend. Yes, yes, just in time. Um, I am on the final the final map, as it were. Uh, getting right, right into the climax of the game. About to go fight off my... Uh, I don't know if calling him a nemesis is correct, um, but the the game took has taken some twists, which were I don't know that they they weren't unexpected when they happened because the game like set them up pretty well, um, but like looking back from where I started the game, the sort of arc of the game is not uh, what I expected to happen, um, which is which has been cool. Like every little. Um, Every little twist that's happened has 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 made it, um, and it's kept me engaged in in the story. Um, Is it going the, the way like any of the scenarios you texted me about? Um, no, I don't believe so. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So, well, it had been a, a a little bit since the last story update I gave you, but um, like I did come to expect what was happening as one of the one of the main characters takes a turn down a dark path, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, now I see what's happening. Um, which is, I guess, uh, what happened in real life. Um, like, Oda Nobunaga was on his well on his way to unifying Japan, and by unify, uh, the reading is he conquering all of Japan. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, the story that what happened in real life is one of his retainers basically betrayed him and set his house on fire and killed him, um, in the middle of the night. Uh, the story in it, the game frames that as a guy who there, who was concerned with his use of these spirit stones, um, mm. which are kind of like, not really the MacGuffin of the game, but they're a thing that. The, were introduced early on. Um, they they have these this power to transform people into monsters and do a bunch of other stuff. Um, and so this guy was concerned. Like he was like, we have to put an end to these people using this stuff because it's bad for the world. Um, and so he dies. And then it sort of, as in real life, it sort of sets off a bunch of uh, infighting between people who were under Nobunaga and now are all like it's time for their power play like they're trying to 
uh, sees what uh, is now up in the air. Um, and it takes a character who had been a um, a hero uh, and has set him down the path to where uh, a conflict is going to happen. Um, also, interestingly, mirrors the original game in that... Um, so the first game, it sort of ended like you were chasing this guy all over Japan, and then you you got you caught up to him and, and killed him, and then it turned out, oh, well, he was just following the orders of this other dude. Um, this one, it's sort of mirroring that, except you actually, from the beginning, know who the, the guy pulling the strings is. Um, like, he's the one who's actually causing stuff to happen. Um, and now the this this guy who was your friend is sort of um, collateral damage, I guess. Mm. Uh, so it's it's kind of uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. I still haven't met the protagonist from the first game, though. I I've if I'm not already, I'm pretty sure I'm very close to the point where the timelines intersect. Um, of like the first and the second game, so I know it's got to be around the corner if he's in the game. Um, but like, I have been to maps. Um, I was actually really surprised the first time it happened. I went to a level that was an exact replica of a level from Neo One, um, and I have been to I think one other map that was the same, um, and. Most recently, I was—I'm pretty sure—I was on this map that it's not like the same map as one from the previous game, but it's—it seems to be in the same area, and you could see places off in the distance that I remembered from a map in Neo One. So it was like the same area, but not exactly. But also like they rebuilt, and so that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm it, I'm very much enjoying it. The more I play, though, like as much as I am sort of invested in the story, it really the way it delivers the story is so bizarre. Um, so like this is a spoiler, but what just happened most recently in the game was um, your character. It it actually it pulls a fire emblem three houses where your character Ooh. is just gone for like five years. Um, and like wakes up and, uh, this other character is now, um, like the character who was turning evil is now the emperor, basically. Um, he's taking control. Uh, and, but like, I, your character is just like not involved for five years of real time or something. (laughs) Um, and you just sort of like, there's some magical shenanigans that are happening oh, I love uh, but those. You, but you your character is basically killed and then is brought back to life like five years later and it deliver and then it delivers you a bunch of just like text that you read this is what happened in the in, in the meantime <laughs> you just Ooh, get um, this lore dump yeah yeah but there's also like so there's this character directory um in the game where you can go look uh um that it, it it when you meet a character that they'll show up in the directory and it'll like show some of their backstory and some of the story that you've 
recognize. But there's also like under these those little segments, there are these little question marks um, that like as you further encounter with them, it unlocks more uh, information. So it's the um, Kingdom Hearts journals. Sort of. A lot of it is, though, like, historical information about them. Huh, um, okay. So, like, you can, like, you you interact with these characters, and most of what, uh, like, matters about them within the story happens in, the, like, your actual interaction within the game. And then you can go into this gallery and, like, read about the actual people. Mm. Um, which is cool. You know, that's the thing I was like, like, Assassin's Creed had that cool cool thing in it and i always love learning about the real places this stuff is based on um but then there are also just like little bits of actual store in-game story that you don't see that are just like put just thrown in and and and, and some of this ever means like oh well i guess that that happened um like there was one some like important conversation that is that I was reading that was said to have happened between two characters, and I'm pretty sure one of them was the protagonist, like the player character, <laughs> and that just didn't happen at all on screen. And it's just like this is so like like I'm getting the amount of story that I need to understand and follow it, but like it seems like they also just withhold information for no reason i guess maybe because of pacing there's no like natural way to put this into like the cutscenes or actual dialogue in level it's just so weird i i think you mentioned before doesn't the game already do time jumps between levels or was i mistaken? yeah so between between maps like um and the maps are like clusters of level that happen in in the story, um, but it was never. Um, it's never five years, right? So all the stuff was sort of a, a, a natural flow of time, basically. So like the stuff that would be left out, like you would end off on a major battle um, that like turns the tide of some conflict. And then you would come back once there's another, like, major battle going on. Um, but, like, the levels and the cutscenes themselves would sort of... Um, they would lay out, basically, what is going to happen in, um, like, this time jump. And, like, time jump is a little bit of a exaggeration. Because it's just like you, you pick up a little while later when the next thing is happening. Um... So it never felt like there was stuff I was missing out on. Um, and, like, I don't know that I felt like I was missing out on anything in this one, but it's just weird how, like, this was the first time in the game that you move to a new uh, a new map and there's, like, a whole new status quo. Um, and so it was just it was just weird that they just threw this oh, you're dead, and now you're back five years later. <laughs> Just kind of out of nowhere, right near the end of the game. Yeah. Well... But other than that, um, and that's not even, like, a huge gripe I had. It was just one thing that happened, and I was like, all right, I guess so. Um, because I am, for the most part, like, I'm... I'm 
I'm engaged with this story and like it's it's done a good job. Good. Though I will say I have found out that some of the characters who I thought like who I thought their real world equivalents is not how it ended up being. Ooh. Which is interesting. So it's educational in that it made you learn something even though it wasn't teaching it to you, you had to teach it yourself. Uh, I mean, I guess so. I, I like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, at the outset of the game, I when I would meet new characters, I would look them up and and read stuff about them. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't exactly say the game is educational, but it did intrigue me to the point of wanting to learn more about the stuff. Okay. But cool. it's it's it's. That's very fun. It's also it. It's still as uh, infuriating <laughs> as as it has been. I actually I did finally come up to a moment that I thought like it was the first time in the game I think that I I that I thought the game was not being fair, and that it was n- that something that was not just a product of my uh, failing as 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 in in execution i was i was gonna ask like when did the are you at the point where the combat clicks enough that nothing seems unfair or like it's just at a skill level and so you kind of you just finally hit one of those uh what do you mean like you finally hit an enemy you hit an enemy that was more unfair and not skill based essentially well i don't i don't it wasn't like a specific enemy it was more like the way the i guess the way the level was set up okay um but no i haven't i i haven't encountered any in i don't i don't think at least um because i can't actually remember what the specific situation was mm-hmm. i just remember doing it and i'm like well this is decidedly <laughs> like not it's this doesn't feel like it's working like it's supposed to. But I don't believe it was an individual enemy. All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, is that it? Yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. I'm not asking because I'd want you to stop talking. I just was yeah, curious. Uh, yeah. All but right. I, I'm close. I'm getting getting real close to the end. I hope uh, so. Cause it was I... one... I I I actually like when I left off last night um like I am close but there are still a bunch of um there are at least 3 story missions left that I know of but I also don't know like how many side missions are left so like I yesterday when I left off I was like hmm I feel like if I grind hard to this I could probably finish it and I was trying to think is this feasible for me to do before we record and uh but no there was there's no way that was happening <laughs> i i hope you finish by this weekend because i want to talk about final fantasy 7 together next week um i pre-ordered that sucker and i'm ready to drive through it best by friday to pick yeah. it up uh so forest what have you played um I'm going to answer the opposite of that question. What haven't I played was uh, Resident Evil 3. I did not get my shipment of it in yet until yesterday evening. Okay. So I installed it today, so I'll get on that soon. But to answer the actual question, 
Uh, I went back and played a little bit more Doom Eternal. Um, I'm lightening up on how I felt about it the other week. Uh, the first playthrough, not a fan. Uh, going back through the missions, though, with um, some cheat codes and secrets and stuff that you can find throughout your first playthrough really lightens uh, lightens up the load of it a little bit, and it feels a lot better. That's all I'll say about that. So you like the game when you can break it and make it not what it was intended to be. I, well, I, in a way. I mean, maybe that's unfair. I'll, that no, might be unfair I'll agree with that only because, like, yes, that is pretty much what it is because I don't... <laughs> I don't like what it was made to be. And I feel like if just a little, a few things here and there were um, a little bit different, I would have liked it a lot more. And these, these unlocks and stuff that I have helped me like it a lot more. Okay. Yeah. All right. Plus it's a replay of the game, you know? So I, I'm, I'm afforded a bit of leeway. I don't think I've ever replayed a game right after I beat it. Like you have done with this. (laughs) I, I, I can't recall. <laughs> Seth, are you, have you? I'm not sure. I'm, mm, I can't I don't think. Know. I don't. I can't remember the last game that I that has engaged me enough to want to be like, all right, I'll do that one more time. Especially, there's just so many games. I know. Like I, I mean, I was real eager to jump into Spider-Man DLC, but I was not about to start like a new game plus <laughs> yeah. <in> Spider-Man. <laughs> Well, uh, that's just how I am sometimes. I mean, hey, I mean, if it made you that, if you want to do it, don't. I'm not shaming you. I'm just yeah. saying, like, in this day and age, right now, where there's like a ton of games yeah. being pelted at your face. Well, see, I have the advantage of not owning a PS4, so I'm missing out on a good seventy percent of these games. <laughs> that's true. You can't play the two big RPGs that just dropped. Yes, which I really wish I could, but I made a decision years ago. And you you could I, just play Final Fantasy VII on your Switch, and only play the Midgar portion. I already have. And, and, <laughs> and talk to us about that. But but go ahead and tell us what you've played besides Doom cheat code level. Yeah. Um. So I played uh through uh, most of the rest of Mega Man Zero Three. Don't have to do the lore dump on that today if you don't want. Um. And I got Hyperlight Drifter because it's on sale on the Switch. It is. It's like ten bucks. Yes. I looked at it last night yep. and thought about it. And that game has been on my wish list ever since I got a Switch, and it has been on my mind ever since it came out. But I, I never got it. Um, but the Switch v- version is, I think it, I think it's called like the Special Edition or something like that. So it's like it's like a complete version of the game, like with all whatever extra content there is. I don't know. I didn't play the original release. Um, right. But I like what I've played of it so far. Uh, I've I played a little bit under an hour, um, so I haven't I haven't dove into it too much. Um, but I really like the aesthetic and and how little it tells you about the world. You, it's all visual so far from what I've experienced. Um, but I really like the world design. Um, combat, it, I guess the best way I'd describe it is like a top-down Zelda, because that, that's the closest thing I have to relate to it, because uh, when I was younger, I didn't really grow up play, playing a bunch of those types of games. Uh, I played Link to the Past and some of Minish Cap. That's about it um, until these past few years. But yeah, Hyperlight Drifter feels a lot like a top-down Zelda. Um, there's a dash, uh, which I like 
I just like having dashes in my games, which is why I like the Mega Man Zero series so much. Um, just because of the dash? <laughs> listen, when you're... You know, there's a dash in Neo, yeah. too. Oh, man, I, I gotta get on that, then. Have you played Celeste? That game is all dashing. I, I have not, but I have it. And I know that, like, David is, <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's building something up within himself to be, like, that game, you have that to. That game might be one I would, like, oh, man. Like, I'm not allowed back until I I don't play. need to sing the praises of that game. Yet again. Again. Yeah. I know it's good. It's up in the suplex, like, if we had a Hall of Fame. Yeah. With trophies, uh, like, uh, Halo Reach, Celeste, man. I can't think of. There's two. You got two. There's yeah. two. I mean, we there's multiple that we've talked about. <laughs> Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer. <laughs> That's definitely up there. That's fair. We, yeah, those three. I'll trust me. There's more. I know there is because we. Anyways, continue, yeah. Forest. Anyways, uh, talk about through. your dashes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I love dashing. I love it so much. Can't get enough. Give me a game of dashing. I'll play it all day. Um, You'd love Celeste. I'll I'll get on it then. I guess I've got time. <laughs> um, especially with how short uh, I'm hearing the uh, Resi Three remake is, which I'm fine with. Um, yeah. So Hyperlight Drifter uh, combat. You got a sword and you get a gun really early on, and I'm not sure if I like the aiming of it so much, but maybe that's just because of how used how how used to certain gunplay that I am. Um, aiming is very much a a mechanic that I, is I it, grew up with. Is it like a uh, is it like a Hotline Miami esque aiming system? No, because or you no? can't move while doing it. At least not that I've found. So out you have to, to so far. stop you, and shoot. Yes, you stop and shoot. So like I. Oh, pretty, so classic Resident Evil. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. You have to stop, aim, and shoot, and what I'm doing to mitigate the time for that is I am just moving in the direction that an enemy is in, and I'm just tapping the the trigger to shoot, and I'm like, okay, I hope this hits. Yeah. Um, my aim isn't too good yet, but I'll work on it. How does it work with aiming when you're? it's a top-down game? I guess that's what I'm curious about. If it's it not a, like a... It has a very small reticle that moves in like a radius around you, um based entirely on where your your left analog stick is pressed. So if you point it to the right, it'll be like a like a part of the screen away to your right. Well, okay. And it's kind of easy to miss, especially if you have multiple enemies on the screen, you're so kind of focusing on other things. So it's like a more precise Hotline Miami than... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Without the freedom of movement and no, Yeah, energy. without the freedom of movement, right. <laughs> Fair enough. That, and, that and does take a lot out. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I got. All right. Yeah. Um, with that, we're going to go ahead into our break, and we will be back in just a moment. And we're back. Thanks for waiting. If hopefully during the break you were checking out all the social media at Suplex the Sticks, letting us know what you think of the episode so far, joining our Discord to 
listen to us record this live on Wednesday nights. We record every Wednesday night, and we usually tell people uh, when we're recording. We do it in a voice channel so people can listen if they want. Um, and soon enough, within the next, uh, we're working on it tonight, actually, next week, uh, the website will be done. And I am so excited for everyone to see it. It's way better than the old one. And it's not like burying anyone that it's that I say it's better than the old one because it's the same two people working on it with a lot more skills that they've gained over the years. So um, it's pretty good. I'm really excited. And I hope you guys like it. Guys and gals like it. It's It's real good so far. Now, real quick, I, in a small non-video game break, Seth, I... There's always a show that you watched uh, that I did not watch when it was coming out, and it was Parks and Rec. And I, that's true, have not seen. I am now at the. I haven't watched the final episode yet, but I got all the way up to it uh, before we started recording today. And that's what I've been doing with my quarantine time: is playing Animal Crossing and watching Parks and Rec. They kind of go hand in hand. <clears throat> I have watched. They do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have been, I've watched seven seasons in the matter of three weeks, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's really good. Um, is there any shows or stuff like that that you've been binging or anything to get you to pass the time besides video games? Hmm. Well, I have my my gen, my usual uh, repartee of weekly shows that are still on, stuff like... Uh... My Hero and Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, My Hero just ended so good. So I haven't yes, gotten to see the last did, few episodes of the season yet, but I have read it, so like, I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, nothing. Yeah. It's no big deal being a monger uh, yeah. and all. <laughs> I unfortunately, not unfortunately, but I, I started reading ahead, and and it, it's made me hype for what's coming up. But I also kind of wish that I didn't know what was, what was going to happen. Yeah, it's a weird like, uh, uh, I don't know. It's just so, it's a strange place to be in. Um, yeah, my hero is good. Very uh, good. I wish the games were as good as the anime. Oh gosh, um, that'd be nice. But you know, well, there's only been like two. Yeah. That's also, fair. there's I I haven't watched this yet, but yet, but I am planning to the uh, Digimon Adventure reboot, which started up uh, last weekend. Ooh, uh, wait oh. that 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 did officially start. Yeah. Okay, then I'll be to, watching that too. To get yeah. into that, from what I've seen, it seems like the first arc or whatever they're doing is sort of like an adaptation of the war our war game uh, movie. Not with Ooh. just not with the Aboromon, of course. Oh. Uh, at least that was that was the uh, that was kind of the inclination I got from from what I saw the other day. Exciting, nice. very exciting. But I actually don't have like a whole lot of. Um, I have I haven't been surprisingly I have not been binging shows like I uh, would be at any other time. Uh, Forrest, any special shows or anything you're watching to pass the time? Yeah, um, I Netflix just put on, like, within the last uh, two or three weeks or so, the English dub of Part 3 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. 
Um, mm. I watched it. I watched the original um, Japanese sub when it came out. But I I I like the English dub for this show. It's really oh. stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, and that gets a lot of groans from people. But JoJo is very much like a hammy, stupid show. And I give I would like to give credit to a bunch of the English dub voice actors for going hammy and stupid with it. It it's not serious at all, and I don't think they're taking it seriously. And I really enjoy that. It's just nice, happy, fun, stupid times for me. All right. Um, and rewatching Avatar. I, yeah, we're a weird bunch. I'm, but <laughs> I'm rewatching Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I have started uh, reading again, like trying to make an effort to read at least like a chapter of a book today or a, a day. Um, over the last few days, I started working on a manga that I got, I think, at the beginning of the year called uh, Levius. Uh, it has a Netflix adaptation, but um, yeah, that's what I've been doing: reading and reading and watching. Nice. Um, so, yeah, we just figured we'd throw out a little something extra so that maybe you can interact with us on that stuff. Man, uh, I, I I have a whole discourse about Parks and Rec I could go into, but let's <laughs> Honestly, talk about in, video game news. For me, in, in lieu of watching shows, I've found myself more and more like drawn to watching like smart video essays on, on YouTube of like... A lot of them about video games, but generally just about, like, stuff I like in general and even stuff that's way outside my wheelhouse. Um, yeah. Uh, that kind of the more long-form uh, thought-provoking stuff uh, is it's it's been more, I guess, more intellectually engaging for me um, to, to have on in the background rather than rather than a show. Yeah, um actually quick thing that I totally forgot about. Uh, speaking of intellectually engaging, I had a spark of creativity the other I think it was like a last Wednesday. Um I got an idea to write a Batman and Robin story, so I'm working on scripting that out right now. Nice. Yeah. I've never had a a story like a a dialogue writing story making bone in my body my whole life and it finally struck me. There you go. I'm not letting it go to waste. Wow. <laughs> Usually getting struck by a bone is uncomfortable, but I'm glad well, that you're embracing it. Yes, absolutely. I have many bones in my body. What's what's a, what's a story-making one to add to the mix? Um. So, like, David, when you were... Before the break, uh, you talked a little bit, like, about how you would watch other people play video games and, and, and see stuff that you didn't even know existed. Um, one of the the YouTubers that I've been watching is his his, his name is a uh, summoning salt uh and he basically does these mini documentaries about the history of um speed running leaderboards and i watched one the other day Ooh. about uh the the history of the choco mountain leaderboard for mario 64 <laughs> um okay. and like that was i had one of those moments um because one of the things about Mario 64 is that, like, almost every... Uh, you'll find that almost every level has, like, either these built-in shortcuts or these just ways you can break the game. And Choco Mountain, apparently, is, like, one of the most notorious for having just these gigantic... Um, these huge shortcuts that would just be discovered and, and then these these rushes for, for speedrunners to... Um, to find out more ways to break the game. It's really cool. 
I, um, I, and that was I, one of those things I was watching, and I was like, I can't believe you could do that. Like, like there are things in there that, like, playing the game, I always, I remember, like, theorizing. I was like, I bet there's a way I can jump that, but I could never figure it out. And then, and then seeing the way, some of the way these levels were broken, um, like, that was like, whoa, like, I, I kind of had that moment. I was like, wow, you can do that. Like, so, and the end result of Chaco Mountain specifically is that someone found a shortcut that like right at the very beginning of the of the lap that you can do a shortcut that will put you right at right at the the back of the finish line so i think like the world record for that is like nine seconds long jeez i guess i guess you could say chaka mountain is chaka full of ways to break the level oh my gosh yeah. so yeah go if you're into speed running definitely check him out because he does a very good job of 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 documenting and and telling a story in those oh good nice you had sent me a couple interesting i really thought that i had um mined the mind of um people that did like video essays about extinct theme park attractions and stuff and you somehow showed me a new channel and uh so i've been diving <laughs> into that one yeah so i don't even know how i it's it's weird the way that stuff just sort of shows up in your feed that 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 YouTube knows, like the the algorithm algorithm that uh, it like knows the stuff you'll be interested in. Right. And those just kind of I stumbled upon a bunch of videos about theme parks that I've also been watching. Makes me really uh, once we're able and back to go to theme parks, I actually really want to go to SeaWorld now, just because they have developed a uh, collection of roller coasters that is apparently. Um, quite uh, quite good. And there's okay. also a new roller coaster coming up. It's supposed to be opening this year at Bush Gardens, the Iron Guazi, which is mm. purportedly like possibly one of the best in the world, if not the best. So Ooh, that's um, bold. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. If if ever comes a time where we're allowed to go to theme parks again, <laughs> um. I'm gonna. I might make that drive to check that out. All right, good. And you, you need to let me know because you know I'm a theme park guy. So, all right, let's let's talk about some news. So, before we need we get into the the main chunk of news, I do need to note that there is a trailer out there for Final Fantasy VII remake that's five minutes long, and even if you do not care about spoilers. Do not watch that because it spoils stuff that I thought in my heart, there's nothing new this game's going to show me. There's nothing that's going to surprise me. Boy, howdy, David. Holy crap. Are you wrong? Right. <laughs> and it's stuff that I wish I hadn't seen, but also it was stuff that made me like really, really inter. Like I had an interest in playing this game before, but it was stuff that was like, okay, now I need to see like why this happens yeah so if you really care about spoilers don't watch it i would actually recommend no one watch it just know that it took someone like me who is about 20 to 30 percent interested and i'm now like i'm mad that the collector's edition and stuff was sold out because i wanted to i was willing to go for like the 80 or 90 dollar version <laughs> yeah so 
Yeah, all the reviews have started popping up, and they're all really good. Yeah, and so I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 funny, like of how where we were at a few weeks ago when people were like, uh, I don't know about this, um, and now every, everyone's been pretty glowing. I'm very excited for it. Um, yeah, and I like I was sort of interested, like in the ways that they were going to change stuff. But now, I, and I haven't, like, spoiled anything, but I've seen, like, the buzz about people talking about the changes specifically. And so now I'm like, I'm locking it up. I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. look at anything. Stay, I'm telling you as someone that knows too much, stay away. Stay away. <laughs> because, yeah, there's, like, one or two scenes that I was like, maybe I just forgot that from that. No, I did not. And what, <laughs> like, oh, okay, let's talk about the, because I'm going to want to tell you and I can't. We just need to play it and talk about it. Yeah, um, hold 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 your tongue. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll do we'll do some of the important news that came up um, inside Xbox happened yesterday, uh, which is their kind of like Microsoft version of a direct sort of, and uh, they, uh, uh, so I don't know if it's as big loose. as a direct. That's a that's a yeah. I think that's a loose description. So it's their way of getting news out for them. Yeah, um, and. They had a... Did you watch that trailer for Grounded, Seth? I did not. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they did about a two-minute story trailer for Grounded that gives you more of a clue of what the game's going to be about. And it looks really freaking cool. <laughs> I was not that excited for this game when it was announced. And now I'm a really hyped for it to hit Game Pass in July. Yeah. End of July, it's going to hit Game Pass as a preview game. Uh, which, it's probably just going to stay in preview. Like... It definitely seems like it's a survive game that's just going to perpetually be adding stuff, kind of like Sea of Thieves or something. Like, it'll get a 1.0 or whatever, but it's, like, I don't think it's going to ever be done being built upon, maybe. I could be wrong. So, it looks really cool. Fortnite-esque building, but, like... There's also some sci-fi stuff in it. Like yeah. they they hint at like this this company being in your backyard, but you're and that the, they're watching you, and that they're watching you. But you're the size of an ant, and so it gets kind of sci-fi a little bit. They they tease that stuff, and I'm really excited. Yeah, um, is the company like on this big uh, like swing? Then they're they're mo- that goes in a circle around the yard with like a magnifying glass. <laughs> no, but that would be cool. And and is, really and cool. is it Rick Moranis? No. <laughs> um, what they did, Disney did pull him out of retirement, though, for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids on Disney+. Yep. Plus. So, yep. I mean, Disney pulling out all the stops. Yeah. Um, Minecraft Dungeons is still on re- set to come out May 26th. I'm really excited for this game. Mm-hmm. It looks like Diablo Light, and I love Diablo, so I'm all there for it. Um, any reason to play top-down madness with three of my other friends i'm i'm there for so and i don't know if we talk about this or they announced it but gears tactics they announced that your main character is the dad of kate diaz and i don't know if they talked about that before but you play as it's because it's a prequel and kate diaz is the the main character of five and she was in four and so you play as her dad, which you never saw him before in any of the games. 
Mm-hmm. And it's still only on PC. Don't know why a tactics game like this can only be on PC. Who knows? Or, really I, not even the tactics part. It's just weird that a Gears of War game would not be on Xbox. Yeah. Um, Especially with Microsoft's focus on having them on both platforms. Right. Lately. Also, like, XCOM is on consoles. So. And it works. Indeed. Yeah. That's no strange. Clue. It's very strange. Um, was there any other news that came out of this that you were interested in, Seth? That mm, you knew not really. About? Uh, the only other thing I was kind of interested in, and that's because I've been playing it recently, is they the Hotline Miami collection is coming to the Game Pass, and I I like those games because they're kind of like quick twitchy type things. Um, and it loads fast, and you know that that's important to me. So True. Um, let's keep the Xbox news rolling. I want to talk about this lightly because uh, I don't want to go too far into it. But Ori and the Will of the Wisps got an update. And I wouldn't bring up that a game got an update unless there was something weird attached to it, I promise. Like, I'm not going to be super excited that, oh, they just made the menu snappier, which apparently they did. Um, they made the performance issues fix like happen besides the menus they apparently did good good for them that's what i wanted should have been done a month ago when they launched the game but seth and forest hi there's this ability in the game where at any point like in any open world game you can just fast travel to one of the spots you unlock like one of the right so you can just bring up the map Go go to one of the spots, press A, hover over it, and you transport over there. Does it make that noise? No. uh, It's a much more prettier noise. Um, With this update... Can you you imitate it? I wish. It wasn't that memorable. (laughs) um, That sounds mean. Way more mean than I was meaning it to sound. But with this update, they have taken that ability away from you. You have to unlock it by buying it with, like, in-game resources. Not, like, money. Like, actual physical money. You have to use in-game resources to unlock it as an ability. And now you can only fast travel when you go to, like, a shrine to another shrine. Unless you unlock that ability. Why change your game fundamentally post-launch with an update? It's so bizarre. That's very odd. Yeah. Like, did they think people were moving around the world too fast too, or something? Yeah. Abusing the fast travel system but, somehow? But even then, <laughs> I'm sure there was QA. I'm yeah. sure they tested this game. Yeah. They had to have. Yeah, what? that's strange. And, like, there and, has to be some kind of impetus to... It had to be a decision someone made. It's like, okay, we think this would be better. But, like, what is it? And it's it's not even that it made the game shorter. Like, the game was still just as long as Ori 1, if not a little longer. So, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't put my finger on it. I As someone who has beat the game, and I liked it, like I said in my long 20-minute rant about <laughs> Ori, um the teleportation system was not part of the problem of the game. Um, so 
I just, it's kind of confusing to me. I'm not, like, mad about it. I mean, I would be if I waited to play it. Like, I wonder if I booted up the game now and I go to play, I would have to unlock that ability. Yeah. Even though I've beat the game already. Yeah. Which is bizarre. It's a weird yeah, thing. It's, it's such a weird change that I think that is what would happen if you went back to play it. Yeah. Like, it, hmm. It's, I can't think of another situation where this has happened. Yeah. I mean, I'm, there's like stuff in games that's been nerfed, but this is quite a nerf in that they've taken something that was a core component of the game and then changed it to be an ability that you have to purchase. Yeah. Which is just something. Very peculiar. I, I would, I'll, I'll, I'll update y'all next week if there is anything to report on that but who knows it's just something that i thought was curious i i would love to ask why because that's i'm just like that uh that weird gif of the like albino monkey thing just like why and my hands are out um or donkey kong's uh up taunt in smash yeah <sighs> that's not really him asking why it's he's more taunting you uh, I'm listening. <laughs> he puts his hands up and his eyes go out and he goes, Ooh. Are you like Tim Allen or are you Donkey Kong? I don't know, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. I'll be whatever, the t- whichever the two the you difference? want me to be. What, <laughs> what's the... All right. Let's talk about the dual sense. I, it's, it's such a strange role. Mm. The dual sense. Which now makes it part of the dual line of controllers instead of the dual shock line are there other dual controllers and there are now well <laughs> a new fighter has entered the arena and it's the dual, dual sense. sense explain what the dual sense is David. it is the playstation 5 controller it is what sony is calling the ps5 controller with um they they really and I, I'm not going to take credit for this. Cameron pointed it out to me. Um, they really are adding everything that Xbox added to a controller in 2013 to their controller in 2020. And the problem is, it sounds really cool on paper. They're adding like haptic feedback to the thumbs to our L2 and R2 and the sticks. They're adding a bunch of new features, but only first-party developers are going to use these features. <laughs> like, it's the same issue that Xbox has right now. Yeah. Um, and they are adding a microphone to this controller. Uh, it's It's got a much more curved, singular form design than the DualShock in that, like, there's not the weird, like, rounded parts around the, the joysticks. Like, it's just one single curve now. And I don't know. I don't... I'm not a huge fan of the look of the thing. Uh, I don't like the fact that it's two-toned. I think that's weird. My, yeah, it's a peculiar look. Yeah. Sony already has an issue with when they release controllers right now where they have... The way the casing is, they like refuse to not make the controllers two-toned as is. So like, it'll be blue and black or... Why, like it's never just one singular color and I like that look and it um, but it's white and black main color is white and this is the other part that I'm not huge on 
there's a lot of creases in this sucker. Yeah. And it's white. So it's going to be real gross when you have to like, and I hate talking about this, cause, but everyone's human and they don't wash their hands before they play their games. You're going to have to get skin out of there in the creases and it's going to be gross looking. Yep. And it's a white controller, so it's going to show way easier than if it was a black controller. <laughs> um, Seth, what do you think of this thing? I don't want to be the only one talking about it. It, The aesthetic choices are peculiar. Like, I remember, like, when I, I saw it and my first reaction was, well, my fr- immediate first reaction was like, oh, it's the boomerang. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is very boomerang-esque. It do, like, it doesn't have the same profile or anything but that was just like it it struck me as in the same way the boomerang was different to be different like that was what i got from this um and it's also weird because it like it does not evoke a what what you think a playstation controller looks like um that's true yeah and like i guess you could say that for any brand new like when a when a new console decides to have a new controller. But Sony worked so hard over the years to have a specific look for their controllers that the controller itself had, like, its own brand. And when on the PS3 they released a controller that wasn't part of that brand, people got really upset until they uh, rectified that and made a new DualShock. (laughs) Um, And that controller didn't even really look all that different. Um, Man, I, I don't forgot know. that it's... the original PS3 controllers didn't have rumble. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that. Um, wow. And so it's... Whoa. <laughs> it's very... Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the controller itself. Like, it certainly is... Um, like, it's following and the, the trend that started with PS4 into a more... Um, a more Xbox-shaped controller, I guess. Um, like the general profile, I guess. And and that's... I think that's sort of reductive. I think it's more just... They are actively trying to create a more ergonomic and more comfortable controller to use. Um, and this is just sort of following in that trend. But of course... And so I don't think like... The way the controller is built, I don't have any real issues with that. But it is... It's certainly a striking design. Um, whether, like, good or bad, I suppose, depends on your specific tastes. Uh, I'm personally not a huge fan of the two-tone. Um, like, if you're going to make it white, make the thing white. Uh, I also don't really like the monochrome buttons when previous iterations yeah. have had a very specifically color-coded uh, face buttons. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's strange. And this will... This will be one I will not be shocked when uh, Sony rolls back at least the design sensibilities. Like, they're not gonna... They're not gonna reshape it, but uh, when they release a, a, a one-color with a traditional uh, DualShock... Um, color scheme on it i will it will not be something that shocks me yeah yeah 
It won't dual shock you. I think it's odd. They, gosh, Forrest. Um, I will not be surprised. I I'm not. Ugh. I'm surprised that they made a kind of little bit of a big deal about the fact that they took away the share button and they added a new button called the create button. And I'm not quite sure what the difference is between the two. Well, that's, it is weird only in the sense that like, it's, I think this is literally just for branding purposes. Um, Like it seems, it seems like the create button will have, it will have the functionality that the share button did. And I guess presumably it will be able to do some other things. Um, but they have certainly not actually detailed what the, what it's going to do. But so yeah, we, we kind of buried the, we, we buried how they announced this. They just dropped a blog post in the middle of the day on a Tuesday. Yeah. No, no build up. No fanfare. And we talked about this. We talked about how this GDC talk bored everyone a couple weeks ago. And that had like buildup. They told everyone like four or five days before, like we're doing a PS5 announcement. And then they did that. And then they just dropped controller news out of nowhere with no, no buildup. Yeah. No fanfare. The priorities are a little messed up here. Um, I don't understand, like, if anything, they should have randomly dropped that GDC talk and then did a buildup of, like, showing the silhouette of the controller and, like, really giving it some sort of, like, excitement. Uh, one of the worries for me with this controller, Seth, and I, I don't know how you feel about this, uh, I'm worried that console is going to be white. Yeah, I they definitely wouldn't uh release a white controller if they didn't have plans for the base model of the console to be white. Yeah. Uh but also will it be a weird like Oreo color scheme where it's got white and black on it? It's <laughs> gonna be even stranger. Uh, yeah, what is uh what is the I'm imagining this, it. This controller I already like looks it. kind of like I I made the mean this is my mean joke. I I think it looks like a third party version of a DualShock 4 already. <laughs> yeah, it does have that sort yeah. of cuz like I said, they you think that because they they spent years creating a specific like look Aesthetic, for their really. controllers yeah. and have st- ventured away from that in a way that is almost like it's like the wedge of an Xbox controller, the yeah, base of it would just the PlayStation buttons put on it awkwardly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know... And, and like, the, the lack <laughs> of color, it's it's very... Like, it, it, I agree with you. It does have that sort of... It, it has a knockoff kind of look to it. it. It also looks like renders that people would look at and be like, that's not going to be the controller. <laughs> like, I feel like that also is what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so who knows? I don't know. Um, it's, it's something I, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see. We would, it would, we would be remiss not to like mention the, the new stuff that they say is in there, like this, uh, haptic feedback, um, which is supposed to like, I guess 
uh, be able to provide more um, immersive experiences. Uh, but right, and and I said like that's good that that's coming. Have you have you played a Forza on the Xbox One? No, I have not. Okay, so that stuff is used extensively in Forza on the Xbox One. Like you can feel the grooves in the road in the mm. the the th- like the l2 and r2 and yeah. like when you're going over little bumps it does v- 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 like it and you can feel that in there there's tension when you're accelerating and when you hit your max speed it gives up the tension like like i said first party developers are going to be the ones that make this really cool like i can imagine kratos throwing his axe and having really cool vibrations yeah on the controller but it's going to be on the developer to use that. Yeah. And I mean, it's a very cool thing to say your controller can do. Yeah. It, it, but it likely won't be something that is uh, utilized by a whole lot. It's yeah. going to be like that cool HD rumble in the joy cons. Like, yeah. The rumble like you, in the joy cons. that is... game where, where you can figure out how many pieces of ice are in that cup just by moving the joy con around like that's dope, but no one's actually going to use it. Yeah. Like when you're, if you're developing a game for all platforms, uh, you you don't have the time to, um, or the the financial ga- impetus to spend time um, putting those specific features in, which is too bad. But I'm yeah. sure the ways that they do it will cool, will be cool. The other thing is they added a microphone to the, the controller. Yeah, and I can't wait to see them add voice commands on top of awkward touch commands on the touchpad. Mm. You're going to have to say boy to the thing to get him to come to you. Yeah. And I'm going to have a mechanic in God of War 2. I'm going to hate despite me liking the gameplay for the most part. <laughs> or whatever. I saw someone on Twitter earlier today who was mad at like, um, mad at Sony for getting rid of the start and select buttons in favor of the options and share button. Um, and then there was one, one person under who commented like the, the touchpad has just become the start button basically. Um, which I mean, it is, and it's weird, but it's just weird how they have, like you have the options menu to bring up the pause screen and you have the, you press the touchpad to bring up the options menu. Uh, it's just, it's so weird. Like the, um, the specific choices behind like fun behind the behind the way they describe what certain functionality is i can't tell you how many screenshots of spider-man i have <laughs> oh yeah because but you don't want I, because i think it's a back button because I, whatever no. um so we, we're running long uh seth i want you to talk about a little bit this super mario lego before we go um enough well, about the dual sense I mean, it exists. Uh, Nintendo, there was like a tease and a sort of reveal a while back that um, Mario, like Nintendo was um, partnering up with Mario, but they didn't really show you what it was going to be. Uh, They did a little bit more of a reveal um, today or yesterday, two days ago, something like that. Uh, And... I don't really know what to think of it. Like, certainly I'm not at the age where this would be, um, 
something that I want, but it appears like the idea is that you build uh, Mario courses with Legos, and there's different interactivity with the different pieces. Um, Mario is kind of this smart minifig. Uh, yeah. The thing that, that stands out to me is how expensive it is, though. Like The, the starter the base set, set. Yeah, the base set is $60, um, which is... In the grand scheme of things, is not a whole lot for upper tier Lego sets. Like, um, but the those Lego sets have like a whole lot more. Uh, they're they're a whole lot more intricate with a lot more pieces going on. Um, right. And there's like this Bowser expansion, which is like a hundred dollars. Yep. Jeez. And like it doesn't even actually come with the Mario figure. Like you have to have the base set. And, like, it's cool looking, but it's also, again, not that super detailed. Uh, I don't know. There's certainly, I think there's certainly a market for it. And people, like, kids will probably have fun. But, like, I would look at these and it's like, gosh, that is very expensive. Like, a cool novelty, but it's a whole lot of money to spend. Yeah. It's going to be about $200 to have all of it. Because there is the level, the boss area that's a hundred, and that's a hundred sixty, and then a little piranha plant slide thing that's thirty. So, with tax, yeah, to over two hundred bucks. I can see like a future where there are a bunch of these sets, and people like there are really cool videos of the the courses or whatever they made. Uh, yeah. But again, it's the monetary investment is. Uh, gonna be not for me. <laughs> yeah. A little steep. Yeah, to say the least. I'm one to jump at stuff like this, and even me, I'm kind of. Uh, once I saw sixty and a hundred, I was like, eh, never mind. Yeah. Like if it was like, this is gonna reveal a lot, maybe. But if it was like forty-five and seventy, I would probably be way more at it. But yeah, that's even still a lot. But. All right. With that, we thank you for listening. We appreciate you spending this time with us. Let us know what you think in the Discord and on our Facebook, all that good stuff. Share the episode with your friends and family. Stay safe. Wash your hands. You know, uh, be there for everyone. Be nice. It's tough right now out there. Um, At the end of the day, being nice is very important. Johnny Karate taught me that. And... Um, we appreciate you and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. See you.